Welcome in to episode 27 of College Sports Today on WLRZ 99.3 FM and wherever you find your podcasts on LRN News as well. I'm Hamilton Neal joining you as always this week. We thank you, the listener, as well for taking the time. Also, here on today's show, we continue our athlete interview series as we welcome another special guest, Lenorine Men's Lacrosse Junior Midfielder Bryce Reese. Bryce, first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, man. Let's get into it first by... First, talking about your background, your sports background, your Mm -hmm. lacrosse background for people that might not be familiar with Lenore Ryan lacrosse or maybe you as a player. Just give us kind of a little recap of kind of how you got started playing sports and how you started playing lacrosse and eventually ended up here at LR. Yeah, man. Um, I'm originally from Mount Laurel, New Jersey, so pretty far away away from here. Um, Growing up, I was a... Uh, a man, that, a kid that played a lot of sports, but the main sports I played growing up were uh, football and baseball for the majority of my life. So I, I was born in North Jersey, and then once I moved down to South Jersey, that's when I started playing a lot of my sports. So like basketball, football, baseball were mainly most of the sports that I played. But uh, my father actually played lacrosse in college and when he grew up, so he was always trying to tell me to play the sport and I, I guess I just didn't want to at the time. So I didn't really start playing lacrosse until I was 12 years old. And that's like actually pretty late compared to a lot of people that I played with growing up. A lot of them play, started playing when they were like eight years old or even as young as like four or five when you first could barely start like playing a sport. So I was pretty late. And then once I got started to it, I really just tried to do the best I could. I joined a club team, uh, one of like the most prestigious club teams in the area that usually gets a lot of high recruitment's called the Dukes Lacrosse LC out of Pennsylvania. Shout out to coach Jason Christmas. Mm-hmm. He uh, actually helped me develop as a lacrosse player to really take it from the next level because my town was okay lacrosse, but when I really joined that organization out of out of Philly, that's when I really started to develop as a lacrosse player. And then you know I just got better and I got better and just tried to improve as best as I could with the Dukes and then um, I really didn't get recruited that heavily out of in 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 high school, which is something that really uh, you know, took a toll on me as a player. I know in a class we have, we talk about like early recruiting mm-hmm. and that kind of really hit for me because I was playing at with such a prestigious club lacrosse group that a lot of those guys were committed as early as like eighth grade and freshman year of high school. And I was still developing as a player. So I thought, wow, I need to get committed this early, but um, uh, it didn't work out as far as like my sophomore and junior year. So Around my senior year of high school, LR reached out to me. I got to come down to visit. I really got to know uh, Coach Greg Parody and our head coach and him and all the other recruiting guys. And, you know, I liked it. Uh, at, the t- at the time, it was the best of the options that I had. Like I said, I wasn't recruited that heavily, but I, I enjoyed LR enough to come down here. And I was like, all right, I can see a path for me. I can see, like, a path of success for me if I came here. And, yeah, that's how, that's how I really landed here. What other schools were recruiting you outside of Lenora? And, again, you said it was a limited group, but mm-hmm. – what other schools were on you? Um, I had looked at I, a few schools I visited were Stevenson University in Maryland, um, Amherst University up in the Northeast, along with Tufts University up in the Northeast. I was looking at Jacksonville University as well in D1. The other schools I mentioned before were Division Three, Jacksonville and Rutgers were probably the two that I had the most potential. But then, as I said, things fell through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that's really, really 
how I ended up here. Your position is midfielder. Mm-hmm. And take the listeners kind of through what that position is, kind of what goes into it. Obviously, you're playing both offense and defense. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the biggest challenges to playing the position for kids that are coming up, playing that spot? Just kind of explain it. Yeah. To uh, first, it's a lot of running. I'll tell you that. Like, uh, yeah. if you want to be a midfielder, you got to be accustomed to running a lot, a lot of up and down movement, running 60 yards back and forth. Um, but really, midfield is a job that requires you to be able to see the field in front of you. Like, attackmen are usually the more prone scorers, but midfielders can also be scorers as well. And you can do that by seeing everything in front of you. So when you play midfield, if you're an offensive, there's there's offensive and there's defensive midfielders. Obviously, midfielders can play both sides of the ball. But at this high level of college lacrosse or lacrosse in general, they're looking for people that are good at a specific skill. So you can be an offensive-minded midfielder and play solo offense, but you're still considered a midfielder. Or you can also be a defensive midfielder. So you are solely um, working on the defensive side of the ball, but you're still a midfielder. So let's say you're on defense and you're a defeat defensive midfielder and the ball gets turned over and your team gains possession of the ball, you would probably get off the field so that an offensive-minded player, a midfielder, would get on the field. And really for offensive, which is what I do, you're just trying to, like, get your attackman open or, or try and create space off of a dodge or create a rotation off of your initiating dodge to try and get the defense moving. That's your job is really to try and set yourself up or other people up for, for opportunities to score. What is the biggest difference to you between playing at the high school level or at the club level and now playing college lacrosse? Is it the speed? Is it the physicality? What's, what's the yeah, biggest change? Yeah, I, I honestly think it's everything. Like, the game is a lot faster. I think the shot clock that they, they brought into the college lacrosse is easily the best thing they could have done for the progression of the sport. Mm-hmm. And they've made a lot of changes, with like the face-off rules and the shot clock to make the game go a lot faster. So that's the difference. Um, I wish high school would implement the shot clock because – even when watching it and playing it, there's just times where people can stand with the ball for 30 seconds. And mm-hmm. even if it's a, a strategical play or a way to play the game, it's not entertaining. And obviously, mm-hmm. the growth sport, you want it to be more entertaining. So I really think it's the speed of the game, the physicality. Like, we are, we are lifting all the time in preseason and a little bit in, in the season right before the game start, like in the early January, or early February, that as well. And I think, uh, especially for good teams like really really good teams like us and teams then d1 you got to recognize that everybody who comes from their high school was the guy mm-hmm. they were at the guy at their high school they have they were all conference all state and then they go to a college where everybody's the guy right so mm-hmm. everybody was the guy at their high school so now you're playing against 40 other guys who were the the primary goaltender the primary ball handler the primary goal scorer on their team and now you have to compete against those guys so the level of competition is spiked astronomically like you really have to work yeah that's got to be the biggest adjustment you know just the uptick in Mm -hmm. competition and like you said just how everyone is so good Mm -hmm. because at the high school level we see this with basketball I cover basketball pretty extensively you see top recruits they dominate the high school level then they go to college and then the playing field is level Mm -hmm. and it's even and when you get to this level d1 d2 lacrosse whatever sport it might be absolutely that's got to be a huge challenge and that's definitely something that you've had to adjust to yeah, and everyone else has had to adjust to as well. And kind of on that same token, what are some things kind of fast forwarding to this season in particular that you've improved on or even since coming into college, what are some things that you've improved on with your game and what are some things that you're still trying to refine? 
Um, yeah, I think because the the way the the game has sped up for me, and like the way it changes from high school to to high level college, you have to do things at a quicker pace. So I think I was able to. My early success came from understanding the threat that I was as a player and how that can set me up for success and set my teammates up for success. So my primary skills as an athlete and as a lacrosse player is my ability to run by people. My ability to get to create space between me and my defender is really where I get my claim to fame. And so in in doing that, there is ways I can set myself up for scoring opportunities or set my teammates up. So if I blow by somebody really quickly and I know somebody's going to come help him, that means that guy has to leave off of somebody. So I can try and move the ball in order to set my teammates up for success. So it's really like understanding how defenses work. Cause you can be a star player run by three or four people in your high school game and score a goal, but you go into college, you try and do that. You're going to get laid out. Right. So mm-hmm. in order to adjust from the, the ball handling and the me, 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 I have to score, just trying to put myself in a situation where how can I get my shot off as quick as possible? Because I know the play is coming a lot quicker, so I have, to, I have to react even quicker, you know? And if you could describe yourself in one word as a player, what would it be? Um, I think entertaining mm-hmm. would be my word. I, um, entertainment is why I enjoy the game. Entertainment is why... I, I, I enjoy a lot of things. Like I like to be entertained. I think that's what my role is here in my life is to try and entertain others. That's why I feel like what I'm best at. So whether that's on the field or off the field, I'm trying to put on a show. I'm trying to do things that people will enjoy watching. Cause I think that's what makes the sport most, most fun to watch. And this season, what did you feel like was your best game where you were kind of feeling it the most? Obviously you guys have won a lot of games this season, regular season, postseason, but was there a particular game where you felt like you were in the zone, you were feeling it? Um, that's actually funny because this year, in in general, I have not had my best year in terms of just production um, and being the player I know I can be, which has been pretty frustrating because obviously at the start of the year, we didn't have uh, the best games that we wanted to. And so even it, just for me, because of the season we had last year, I thought that a lot of that that fall and the reason we're losing was upon me. And maybe that's not right. Maybe that's irrational, but that's just the way I felt because of who I am as a competitor and as a captain to the team. So as that started to develop, we got to play Wingate for the first time. And that was a really big game for us because that decided our seating in this just past tournament and where we were in the national seed to see if we wouldn't even make the uh, national tournament at the end of the year. And so we were coming into that game hot and I really just wanted to perform well because I was still struggling. And so I just went out to the game and just I had talked to my coaches. I talked to my parents. I just said, all right, just try and play free. And so I went out into Wingate. I didn't I didn't even score that game. But I would say and I know the commentator said it on that that uh, stream was that I was probably like the, the hard headed, the hard hat worker of the game. So I was doing things to be a presence on the field. I didn't score. I only hit probably had like one or two assists, but I was just being a presence on the field and I was getting good shots off. I was hitting the goal. Goalies were just making good saves. So just based off of the, the, the performance that I was having up until that game, I think that game, the first game against Wingate was really like something that uh, helped me try and just get it back on track, you know? Definitely. And obviously with LR lacrosse, there's high expectations here. You guys started the season, I believe number two in the country Mm -hmm. and opened against you Indy. And you had Tampa. Those were two losses for you guys. But since then, mm-hmm. 
you've only lost one game. You're fourteen and three overall, nine and one in the South Atlantic Conference, mm-hmm. and you guys just won another SAC championship. Beat Limestone, fourteen to eleven. Prior to that, you beat Wingate in a high-scoring game in the semis, 17-11. to mm-hmm. So what was it like to win another conference title? Obviously, you were a part of that last season mm-hmm. in 2021. What was it like this year with this group and these guys? Uh, it just makes me really proud, especially as, as a captain. I'm just trying to do what I can do to get the guys motivated and get them wanting to win. And I know earlier in the year when we did take those two tough losses, we were like, okay, what do we have to do? We how are we going to adjust and figure this out? Because something wasn't clicking. Like we were feeling it as an offense. We were just talking about it. We were just like something we, we were winning these games. Like when we beat Belmont Abbey, it was only a 10, six win. So we were just trying to figure out we were winning, but something is not there. And I think what we started to figure out towards the end of the year and why we were able to come back and beat limestone after they, they did what they did to us and how we were able to, to beat Wingate. As I, I really just think we figured it out as a team. Like we really, kept it in there to just try and figure it out and figure it out. And we're practices were hard practices were like Mm -hmm. frustrating, but Mm -hmm. we still continued to compete. And I think somewhere in that process, we were just like, okay, this is exactly what coach wants and this is how we're going to do it. And then we just keep grinding it out. And I think that's what helped us get to all of our bigger game wins in the season and get the win streak going and, and winning the conference. But yeah, as a surreal experience, just winning the conference in general, just the crowd is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's what we're out there for. Like coach P told us that that's what we're out there for. This is the reason why people come here. This is why we come here is like mm-hmm. competing in the postseason. All that stuff is great. And if there's a time in the year to get that hot streak going, mm-hmm. it's right now. Yeah. Conference tournament going into the national tournament. You guys went to the national championship game last season, fell to Lemoyne. What's the biggest key for you guys to try to get back there this year and make the result different? Um, I, I'd say to, uh, trust our coaches. I think our coaches are really smart at what they do. And then while what the coaches do is they put us in positions to succeed at the best we can. So once we listen to what our coaches are telling us to do and we are put in that position to succeed, then we have to take it upon us to actually do it, hit the dodge, make the save slide when you need to. So I think in order for us to get back to that spot and get back to Connecticut, we just have to continue to be fearless, to like just be dogs. There's, there's no other way to put it, just really just attack. And I think once we start attacking, that's when good things happen. That's when people start to get open. That's when people start to fall over or things like that. So the more we start to play together and continue to play together and play strong, play as one, then that's all, all we need because – when you go to the national championship and you have 10 different goal scorers, how are you going to, how are you going to guard one guy if if your entire offense is scoring and your entire defense is locked down? So it it takes really everybody, you know? Definitely. I know you guys are going to be motivated just how last season ended. When you go that far to reach that point, it's tough to lose, Mm -hmm. but you have that opportunity to come back and you guys are on a roll right now for sure. And you're obviously a big part of that. Now kind of leading into my final question, what would you say to young players out there. I kind of alluded to this earlier when we were talking about how to play midfield and all that. Mm-hmm. Just lacrosse in general. Young kids coming up, maybe playing club ball, playing high school ball. What's the one biggest piece of advice you would give to them, you know, when they're trying to make it in this sport, trying to get to the level that mm-hmm. you're at and many other kids have come up as well? Mm-hmm. I think um, the two main things I would say is to be, first thing I'd say is to be coachable. I think that when 
you get to a level this when you get to a really competitive level of any sport, then you can only play if your coach can trust you. You can have the best skills in the world. You can be the most technically sound person in the world. But if you can't listen to your coach, then he can't put you in positions to succeed. So I would say be coachable in the fact that you can listen to when you are when you're messing up and you can take criticism from your, from your coach and then you can adjust that and apply it to your game. And the second thing I would say is to just get better, like get as good as you can grind the things that, that, that you hate doing, but get really good at the things that you know you're good at. So I think the best players in any sport are good at what they do because of the repetition that they put in. So when they're hitting a big time shot, it's not a big time shot because I've taken it a thousand times before by themselves. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I think those two things encompassing together will set you at a good place in the next level where you're able to listen to your coach and be coachable so that he can trust to put you in the, in the game where you can then take your skills that you've grinded hours and hours by yourself and put them on the, on the stage there, you know? And that's something that I've talked about with other guests on this show. It's, about the time that you put in not having those gaps, mm -hmm. you know, because obviously you have to have that balance, you know, we're students and you kind of have to have that work-life balance. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, any chance you have to get out on the field, on the court, wherever it might be, just get out there and do it. Yeah. That's what other athletes have talked about. That's what you're alluding to now. And that's what makes a really successful player. And when all those guys come together that are doing that, you're going to have a really great team. And we wish you guys all the success going into the national playoffs for the SAC champions, the LR men's lacrosse team. Bryce, we've had a ton of fun here today on this podcast. We thank you for coming in and joining us, and we hope you can come back soon. Thank you so much. It was a great time. Absolutely. So with that, we wrap up episode 27 of College Sports Today. Whether you've been listening on WLRZ 99.3 FM, on LRN News, wherever you get your podcast, we thank you for doing so. This is Hamilton Neal signing off. I'll see you next week. See you.